Merry Christmas. I'm Nat. And I'm Ozzy. And uh, this is List Off Christmas Special. You betcha. It's been a long while since we've done one. Yeah, sorry. I've had COVID. You've had COVID. No, no. You couldn't talk without coughing. Yeah. So there's been uh, there's been lots of good reasons yeah, to not be here. Been... But, uh, you know, we, we, we endeavour to, uh, to come back. I mean, in a way... I feel like I would have wanted to with more time almost to do several Christmas specials. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of good Christmas lists that you can do. Um, uh, but I guess that just gives us more uh, ammunition for next year. Uh, but today we should say what we're doing. Specifically, we're doing our top five Christmas songs top five christmas you... songs not christmas singles right i mean these could be deep cuts album cuts oh absolutely yeah. i wouldn't even have thought or some of them i've got no idea whether they were singles yeah or some not. of them some of them are trad as well right yeah um where do you stand on christmas records i stand on a deep collection of christmas records so you know i've got we i've probably got 400 christmas records maybe yeah 300 yeah. i did slim down a bit because i had like, i was just buying all of them for a while when, when i worked in a record shop i was just buying all of them and then i was like this is silly because to get one i want to play i have to flick through 10 that i never want to play but we yes, used to we yeah. used to have the best nights down the mucky park playing christmas records once a year all night and that was great and i i was quite nice liking christmas music when kind of a lot of people hate it right yeah, I think so. I'm a big fan of Christmas records. And again, there's like that it's good because I think for me it's a real uncynical thing. It's and like I, I have a problem with dancing and it's a real curse of my life that I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. And part of the thing is in there has to be so many factors that would make it all right for me to dance. Mm-hmm. But so much of it is just like I don't even like that song. I'm absolutely not going to dance to it. Whereas I find like with Christmas records, I'm much more like, I feel like my, my percentile for liking them is very high. And, and, and I like lots of Christmas records that I think are bad, you know, as well. Right. Like I like some that I go, I, I, th- I think it's rubbish. I like it a lot. You know, I think that's it. And I know we're both big Christmas fans and it's that thing for me. If you don't like Christmas, you're probably not going to like Christmas music, right? Yeah. That'd be yeah. a very perverse taste to have right but for me i really like christmas and christmas music comes around probably too early but you know when it comes around Mm -hmm. it's like yep it's coming christmas and it's it's part of the whole thing it's the smells of christmas the tastes of christmas the traditions all these things christmas music it's 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 well up there yeah yeah there's plenty um there's plenty of big Christmas records, despite that, that I don't like. I just don't care for them. Yep. Um, plenty, though, I do like. And I do I do feel like there's some that... Um, like, I, I think I've got some quite... I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think my list is particularly obscure in terms of Christmas music, but it might be if you're a casual Christmas music listener. Right. Uh, and what I like a lot of Christmas music, I like a lot of, um, you know, 
sleigh bells ringing in the background uh quite like all the kind of silly bits of um i don't mind a children's choir i've got no problem with any of that in christmas mm. music i sort of encourage it um but again i think there is also something nice when you get one which is well produced and really like it's just good that isn't it it's just yeah. good um, I think that's not, what, I think yeah. that's what my list is a bit. It's like I love loads of Christmas songs that I think are bad or sound crap. These are the ones that I I don't know. These are the ones I think sound really good. I think you know what I mean. Right. So so I'm all up for some really rubbish ones. But like yeah, I think that's how I squeeze it down to a top five or something. Yeah, yeah. Also, and there's lots of now. There's you know there's often those collections of um, Christmas records now that people try and do ones which are like the almost like, uh, but these ones are the acceptable canon of mm. Christmas records. And mm. I find that silly. It's like, why, why bother? Yeah. Why bother if you're going to come up with like, but well, I found five totally uh, canonical ones that I can stand by and nod to in a pub mm. without feeling like I've somehow given away uh, some tiny bit of cynicism that I have. Yeah, and I find, and, and even some of those ones I think are good, but yeah. a lot of it is sort of like it doesn't really matter. Like I, I think you've got to lean into it a bit with Christmas records, and a lot of mine are silly, and I, and and also my criteria is way different. I think with Christmas music of what I like, yeah, and in general anything that's like I really like sentiment. Um, almost overly sentimental. I quite enjoy in, in Christmas records. Yeah. And, um, and I've included some, which I wouldn't normally include in a list like that. And I'm quite, I'm, I would say I'm pretty precious about what is and what isn't Christmas music. Cause I don't like, I don't tend to like things where, you know, something that I always think of is like stay another day, the 17 song where it's like, it's not really a Christmas record. It was released at Christmas. They wear furry white parkas and they put a bit of um, uh, sleigh bell ring. Church bells, the church bells. Church bells. So it's just, they, then you go like, is that? But so many people associate with Christmas that it's hard to go. It kind of is and it kind of isn't. Uh, but by that metric, you can start really pulling apart almost everything and saying, I think fake, I think fake fur and bells is enough to make it Christmassy. That's the thing. I think it does enough to pass the. Well, I think, I think it, well, that's it. Well, I would say in the spirit of, uh, edginess, I've included a couple, uh, that I think I like, are they Christmas records? I like them a lot and I think I'll include them. Again, like like I said, we before we came on, I think you said you had you'd narrowed it down to uh, seven, and I'd had eight, depending on how much I would allow. I've sort of been going back and forth about can I allow that as a Christmas record? Yeah. But I think I'm going to do it. I just do all, but it loses some points for me by not being full on. It's definitely Christmas. Uh, before we get on with this, I should state if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on a podcast. Uh, we're going to put this up with the music in it on Mixcloud because of their superior copyright scheme where they actually pay for the copyright of music so that you can use it. And uh, so if you want, you can dig in the notes below the video or below the podcast and go straight to that and there will be the music 
in between us talking about it so there's that but if you're on the other ones we'll just talk about it we'll probably be relatively descriptive yeah. but you probably know them like some of them at least you'll know some of them you'll know some of them um you'll certainly know some of mine uh if not the main five certainly some of my honorable mentions are uh yeah. are worth honorable or honorably mentioning yeah um and maybe that's enough of an intro to kind of give people some idea of how we're going to pitch this for sure my first christmas pun of the day is uh you'll start right oh nice thank you well done well done um my number five is kicking off with a controversial one is it a christmas record i think it is is it a good record hmm maybe (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it but it very much fits in with people hate this record as well. This is like in lists of like bad Christmas records. And it's one that I always think that's great. It's got some quite poor production on it. Um, and it is uh, A Winter's Tale by David Essex. People hate this record. Uh, it's also, no, I mean, people could argue is that a Christmas record? It doesn't specifically state it's a Christmas record. It's a winter record, but very much the video, they were selling it as David Essex's 1983, is it, or 84 effort to get David Essex for a Christmas number one. Um, it's log cabins. It's, um, it's um, snow outside on the video. It's going for a Christmas record, but I uncynically like, okay, it's um, Tim Rice and Mike Bat, uh, two, two songwriters I don't really have any time for. (laughs) (laughs) And yet I think there's a real alchemy about this song where I find it so kind of the sentiment of it always moves me to the point where I almost wish this was something that had more covers of or something because it's like it's a beautiful song it's a beautiful song of winter's tale um and it has a sort of really great kind of pop sensibility that you get from sort of late 50s early 60s pop records which is that kind of broken-hearted uh epic mm-hmm. and it has this like um but the whole sort of premise of it is this idea that there's a couple who's broken up over winter and to them it's a massive deal but it's him thinking back on it that actually for the world this isn't a big event and it's acknowledging this thing of being and that's almost it's actually one of my favorite subject matters in songs i love that when people do it's huge it's massive it's massive and you go it isn't it's teeny and it's uh and i find the sentiment of it i always find it very moving i think it's helped by it's a sort of that you only really hear it at a time when i'm enjoying the sentiment of christmas it's so it's probably incredibly cynical given the songwriters of how they've put it together and yet there's something about it that i always find like i think it's gorgeous i love it um the production isn't very good David Essex, who I've got some time for, 
and has made at least one legitimately good record. Um, this I'd say is his other one. Um, <laughs> Rock On is the good one, which I think is just, I think it's spectacular. This I'd say isn't even like David Essex necessarily trying to be good. It's, it's David Essex riding the wave of being famous for a bit. You know, it's not, it feels like, yeah, I guess I'll do a Christmas song. I'll get Mike Bat and Tim Rice to write it. Sure, why not? They've just, uh, Tim Rice, fresh off a of Vita or whatever it is. It's mm. like, a, you know, it's going to be, yeah. but it totally works. Like to the point where I sometimes find myself going, I bet Tim Rice has got some other good songs, but I'm, I don't really want to investigate that hard. <laughs> but I really love A Winter's Tale. I think it's just uncynically, it always has a little bit of, I find it, I find it, the sentiment genuinely quite moving in quite a silly way. But I do think it might be one of those things where it's, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like in a, another world that someone could cover this and be like, that's good. It's almost like you could, you could do a do over of this. And I think there's a really good record. Well, it's kind, I'm kind of surprised they haven't. Cause, cause there is an element of like, there were Christmas songs that were covered. And there were Christmas songs that weren't covered. And that has changed what those are. Like there's a million covers of mm. This Christmas by Donny Hathaway now, you know, whereas that yeah. wasn't the song that had any covers to my knowledge. Well, not many, certainly prior to say like the year 2000 or something. And then it's like, suddenly mm. now it's like, you're going to do a Christmas cover. That's in the, just right up there in the list of ones they're going to do, you know? Yeah, there's a, there's a funny kind of, the, what the canon is of Christmas songs changes over time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but absolutely. And I think, I don't know if this will come back because I also know that it's, it's not liked. I just find it like it's, it's one that people kind of really go rubbish and it's like, yeah. oh, there's plenty worse than this. There's plenty worse than I'm this with, by, you by artists that you like. Yes. That a hundred percent on board of that. I still don't think it's very good, but that's fine. I get, if it gets you in the, in the Christmas feelings, <laughs> no, 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 that's no, fine. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's fine. Yeah. But I do love it. You probably should check out if uh, Tim Rice has done other Christmas songs because it might be the perfect combo. That might be the perfect yeah. Tim Rice delivery system for you as a Christmas song. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a rice isn't even a particularly Christmassy food um, <laughs> to have. No, not at all. Not in this country. No. Um, no. My number five is Christmas Feelings by the Maytals. I got this song on my list because um, if there's a Venn diagram of places where they like Christmas and places where they cut a lot of records, the absolute <laughs> overlap pinnacle would be the West Indies, it probably you know Jamaica most of all, and yeah, the Maytals later Toots and the Maytals recorded Christmas Feelings with um, I think Prince Buster, but it might have been with Cox and Dodd. But you know, one of the big, big studio guys, and someone will tell me, a friend will be like, "No, it's obviously Buster." But it's a Scar record. I'm not a big Scar fan, but there's so many great, there's so many great '60s Jamaican Christmas records. There's so many great um, Calypso Christmas records. You know, there's 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 so many from that part of the world. It's crazy, and you know. And I think that's my favorite one. I mean, there's a lot of good ones. 
uh, yeah, yeah. kind of rock steady. Again, I'm not. I'm I'm similar. I don't really like uh, a lot of ska music, but there is something. It's almost like there's an era, and that really fits in with it. There's something where it's just a nicer sound to me that I go, yeah, this is it. This is the. It feels like it's there is something, um, like it's that sort of kind of almost. It is, I think, that sort of sixties era reggae, which I really like, and there's a lot of yeah ska music, I guess, from that time that I do really enjoy. But it does, it's not something I tend to to enjoy a lot. Yeah, but I really like rock steady stuff, but ska not so much. But the, I think it's what I really like about the Christmas records is that they're for a country that's relatively religious there's not it's often like it's about father christmas or it's about getting toys or it's about mm. like having a holiday and stuff it's a lot of like uh kind of just the fun of christmas type christmas records and uh yeah this christmas feelings is one of them you know this chorus like you know jumping children laughing children santa claus is bringing the toys it's like it's just just a joyful record and and yeah probably like this will be a solid hit this will cross over this will go this will this will be a hit in the uk you know that kind of thing and these are you know these are these are uk pressings you pick up of these of these jamaican records for the most part you know there, there were there were there was a lot of crossover then you know um but uh I, yeah I, that's that's on the list as kind of my placeholder for all of the reggae christmas records i've got and they, they you know they're hilarious they go right through to the the roots period and you've got like natty christmas with a man with a huge bag of weed on the front dressed as santa claus you've got yard style christmas which has got like a lot of kind of dance hall christmas tunes on it and you know i, th I don't know if it still goes through to now because i don't really pay attention but it certainly went right through the 80s and uh, in the 70s so yeah they're kind of the tradition of putting out a lot of records and putting out christmas records was strong strong in the west indies so um, my number four similarly to the previous one is one that i've always argued about is it a christmas record but i do love it and it's something you really only hear at christmas because society has decided it is a christmas record and that is uh the power of love by frankie goes to hollywood uh i think that's I think it's a great one to include. It almost would have been on my honorable mentions, except I feel like it is great. And if you're going to have it as, um, if it is a Christmas record, then it, it feels like it should be on it. Uh, and it's only really a Christmas record again, by nature of timing of release and making sure there's a video, which is a nativity based video. Yeah which will will tie it in which of course doesn't really have any but then it but then it almost feels like this record which is a you know totally secular record does feel like it's uh magically imbued with some sort of religious overtones although it is meant to be i think about you know religion and it kind of really ties in with all that kind of um uh religiosity and does some, somehow then feel like, but again, what it is, it's sort of spectacularly epic whilst also being quite silly. And again, it's something quite Christmassy about that idea about, um, you know, starting off, um, 
I'll protect you from the hooded claw and make reference to Penelope Pitstop cartoons whilst also making this kind of mad, essentially epic piece of pop music. Yeah, the voice whilst, from above. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. It's it's great. I think it's um I think it's a tough one not to include if you if I went, well, it's a Christmas record. And I think now increasingly the older I get you only really hear it feels like it's definitely in the canon of christmas records and because of that you'll only ever hear it at christmas anyway no and it still makes and it's it always a really comps. like it's still going to be yeah. on those christmas comps you know like 100 percent. absolutely and that's a big one that feels like that's a big christmas record but one that i think is too like i do whenever and it's really grown on me over the years as well i don't know like probably a lot of them I think it's not something actually that's probably something that probably I did respond to when I was little, but it does feel like in the intervening years, I do like it. But again, I think it's silly, but I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good, yeah. I, I think that definitely falls into the category of Christmas songs by circumstances. Yes. But it, it, however, whether it should or shouldn't be a Christmas song is kind of irrelevant because it now is a Christmas song, right? Like, yeah, that's why I feel, I feel like it's become one part of the and culture. That's it now it's like, it's like almost like I feel that if it was played at any other time of year, people would go, "Where are you playing this?" Yeah, it almost feels like it's crossed over now to the point where you would never hear it any other time of year. Same with um, David Essex, of course, but you'd probably never hear that at any time of year. Rare, yeah. even at Christmas. Yeah, I think it is now. It wasn't in the in the in the late eighties. No, no. Well, again, that would have had a place on those comps with only like 12, 12 Christmas tracks on. Oh, but he absolutely 100%. wouldn't now. No way. Not now. It's fallen off the uh, edge of the world. Yeah. My number four is another massive one. It's Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree from nineteen fifty eight, and uh, this is a big one. It's I had a lot of to choose here because I was going to, I definitely want to pick something by Johnny Marks, right? Johnny Marks, who wrote that was a Jewish New Yorker. who didn't celebrate Christmas. And he wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and made the whole like cartoon show to go with it. You know, he like did all the music for that. Um, Holly Rankin Bass, stop motion. Yeah. Uh, so the whole thing of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, that's coming from him. Holly Jolly Christmas. Uh, Run Rudolph Run. Run Rudolph Run, Chuck Berry's the same year as Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, 1958. So he had two like Christmas smashes that have been covered <laughs> like hundreds of thousands of times in the same year, 1958. And that kind of late 50s period to me is like the most, it's the Christmasiest period of history. Obviously, 2000 <laughs> years ago, there was quite a Christmas. They didn't have any Christmas music then, so it's not the same. But um, they, it's like the songs that were hits then in that late 50s. Bit, they're the ones that have like set the tone for Christmas songs, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I love Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. I think it's it's got so much energy, you know, it's it's great, you know, everyone knows it in Home Alone. Home Alone is like the ultimate showcase of Christmas songs. Uh and uh it's it's it sounds like kind of a real kind of poppy rock and roll record, mm. but it's a 13-year-old girl recording it. Who doesn't? Who sounds like forty eight, right? <laughs> she sounds like she smokes like sixty a day. Um, she's thirteen years old when she records it, and she, as everyone knows, no arguments. She absolutely swears in the record, right? 
she absolutely says later we'll have some fucking pie right that is 100 percent. there's no way your brain can rationalize that and go she probably means pumpkin because i don't know it's near to you don't have pumpkin pies like a thanksgiving thing isn't it but you listen to that record she 100 percent says fucking pie later we'll have some fucking pie and she says it with relish because she's a crazy 13 year old going on 48 and she went on to carolyn we'll do some meet some fucking pie and we'll do some carolyn she's just she's like bam i've got this christmas figured out you know she's 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 on it and you know she went on to be like a relatively straight country singer i think but yeah like hey i've got it's one of those she's one of those people who in my head i've never quite i've never googled her but i've also known in my head where where one part of my brain is gone like there's some knowledge arcane knowledge from somewhere which i knew she was a teenager and another part of my logical brain going no no she's like um, middle-aged woman middle-aged yeah, country middle-aged singer. woman yeah. <laughs> yeah no i think it's i think it's uh, probably is you know it's, it's like a real kind of new york jewish songwriter being like you know make a hit you know and then it's like that girl who's trying to get singing contract you sing it you know i don't know if she was already doing stuff by that point but she's 13 she can't be doing that much and then they're like yeah great what are you into country no it's going to be like a rock and roll song you don't know anything about rock and roll it's fine we're going to put you in the studio with some serious session musicians and they are i checked you know and we'll knock out a hit and yeah i think it's it's just got so much like energy for christmas and enthusiasm it's it's the best like I don't know, and there's 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 a million covers of it none of them come near Brenda lee she's a you know, they don't even swear on the cover versions. Idiots. <laughs> Idiots. Done a sanitized version. Yeah. Love it. A radio friendly one, even though this one would definitely have been all over the radio. Yeah, she just snuck that one in. It's like it's like pretty vacant by the sex pistols. It's like <laughs> it's swearing all the way along and nobody ever knew, you know? <laughs> um my number three is Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto by James Brown. Um, I got it. I, I don't think I remember now again, that feels like it's something that's quite well played out. It feels like people you'll have heard this, I think. And if you haven't, you will have the means to hear it. But I don't think I heard this till maybe like late 90s or something when it was on what was then the kind of rhino compilation of James Brown Christmas album, which was then called um, Santa's Got a Brand New Bag. Mm. But I think is now there's a sort of compilation, which I think is called Funky Christmas, which yeah. I don't like. Like I, to me, it's like, don't get that one. Get the one that's called Santa's Got a Brand New Bag with a, a sort of James Brown in a fat suit. Um, I, I mean, there's like, there's, there's a tricky thing with comp- compiling the, James Brown Christmas stuff because there's like a number of singles and I think there's two completely different Christmas albums that he cut one in the kind of R&B era and one more in the in the funky late 60s to early 70s era and there are lots of other Christmas records issued which have like an amalgamation of the two and include some other singles so there isn't there's not really a definitive you know what I mean apart from those two albums I think there's not really a clear way to define james brown uh, is that right because a lot i know certainly if not i'm sure there's a lot of overlap but maybe they're different recordings even or different yeah well he used to do that routinely re-record all his 
big songs all the time and put them on new records, you know, in, in right. whatever style he was doing at the time. So you could get a version of Think that is a pure R&B original version of Think, and then you'll get, like, he'll do Think, uh, a funky version in, in 1968 and, and be playing it twice the speed. And, you know, like, he does that all the time. So and he does it with the Christmas songs as well. So it's a bit hard to unpick. But yeah, Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto is a, is a proper song, unlike a lot of his Christmas songs, which are just like a, ri- yeah. a rhythm track with him being like, you know, it's Christmas time. And just, yeah, just rapping. Nothing really okay, like it. It feels very uncynical and yet has this sort of, I mean, this one actually does start and it does feel unlike uh, A Witness Tale. This does start and you go, oh, this is good. I think it's good from beginning to end. It has a proper, um, it has a really nice sentiment to it, but it is also great. It sort of feels like this is undeniably good. I like it when he's just listing the names of different kids that live in his neighborhood. And some of them have just got quite like, like it's like, why that name? Yeah. Why have you pulled that name out of? Um, it, it's got some great uh, listing of uh, kids' names and what presents they're going to get. Um, uh, and that's basically the premise of the song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really. And it's a sort of again, it's it, it, it's it would only work at Christmas, and yet it is just again. I mean, it is it does feel like a proper song, but a lot of it is a rhythm track with him just saying, "Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto." Here's who's gonna get what. Yeah. And then just listing some kids and what presents they're going to get. No, but definitely. But that's a great premise for us. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. No, it, it, that, <laughs> that that qualifies very much as a song compared to, you know, he has a lot of things which really are just him talking, not even in a format over, yeah, you know, the band. So there's definitely a song. That's great. He's got a great. He's got a lot of good ones. He's got, you know, if you like kind of a blues Christmas record, he did a bunch of them. And I don't really like. I find them all a bit. I'm not a big blues person, and and you know the, the Christmas ones are heavy on the depressing. You know, uh, you know Christmas won't be Christmas this year or whatever. You know, all that oh, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Christmas ain't Christmas without the one you love. All these kind of like blue Christmas type joints, but. Yeah, he's got that. He's got the rhythm and blues ones. He's got funky ones. He's got some quite bad '80s ones. You know, like like most of his '80s music is pretty much terrible. You know, but uh, yeah, he's definitely was on the. He was definitely down with Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. Like, I really like. Um, Let's make Christmas mean something this year. I like that a lot. I think that's great too. Uh, but I think there's something. But I mean, partly. As much as anything else, uh, Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. It always makes me smile and chuckle, mm. uh, probably about four times every time I hear it. Yeah, it's great. And there's something. It's it's got everything. It is Christmassy. It is genuinely good and well done. Yep. And it makes me kind of chuckle and smile. Yeah, and it's, it's of course it's well done. It's the it's, no, it's the same band that's making some of the most important genre defining earth shattering music in the history of popular music and then they're like yeah let's look at some christmas songs oh yeah it's that time of year again you know it's that time of year again do it every year and then put an album out after five let's look at a christmas song in an hour yeah or let's do an album in an hour yeah let's do it in real time knock it out um my number three uh you might have heard me play it but i don't think you'll know it unless you are swedish 
and it is uh, <laughs> a song called Nu A Det Jul Egen. And I play the version by Axel Stordahl and his orchestra from 1959. Uh, that was delightful. Uh, it's great, What do right? you know about it? I got, it's great. I, I got given this record here, which is called uh, Christmas in Scandinavia, uh, by old Angus of the Mucky Pup where we used to play Christmas records every year, which he hated, but he kind of didn't, but he kind of made out like he hated it. But then he got this for me. He's like, oh, I picked this up. It's an American record of this guy, Axel Storder, playing Norwegian, Swedish, Danish, uh, Christmas songs, traditional. And it's got another really nice song on it. That's like a real kind of almost like a weepy kind of like pull the heartstrings one. Although I've no idea what they're saying, uh, but mm. this one is just like again, like Christmas joy. It's so jaunty and bouncy. It's incredible, and you might know it. And it's undeniably a Christmas, like we're yeah. talking about. Is that lyrically a Christmas? Is it? I mean, it's like that's a Christmas record. It just, it just is a hundred percent. And I don't know what they're saying. I'm going to assume the Yule bit is Christmas, like Yule, J U L, right? Mm. But even without that, it's just got yeah Christmas energy. ABBA covered it in like 1981, but their versions really? like I think I don't know if it was like for a little promo thing like for fans or something. But they're like kind of giggling and chatting through it as well. It's a bit like the Beatles Christmas records. Okay. So it's right. like it's not really. I don't think it's like in the ABBA canon. I don't think necessarily ABBA fans are like well, of course I listen to that at Christmas. You know, I don't think it's got that kind of reputation. But I think that song's incredible. And the, the again the kind of you know, fifth, late fifties, nineteen fifty nine. The kind of sort of jauntiness. I think it's like there is. rock and roll has gone around the world, and it's put like put its foot up the ass of all these tame orchestras, and they've had to like, you know, get up a bit. You know, yeah. There's nothing rock and roll in that version, but it's no. It's funny you said late fifties as well, because one of the things it really reminded me of is it has there's a real Hollywood comedy of the forties soundtrack to it as yeah. well where it's a bit like it has this sort of um sense to it where you just kind of go where they just would do this kind of incredibly fast fun music yeah that you're having kind of 40s yeah like a new 40s comedy like neil hefty or something you know what i mean like yeah. kind of real yeah. sort of and it'll yeah. just be like oh it's all right it's fun it's fun we're, th- all, we're all gonna have fun i get, think get, i get, think that's right because i settle think in. i think prior to prior to rock and roll the the probably one of the biggest musical influences around the world is the kind of Hollywood studio orchestra sound, you know what I mean? For mm. that period of time. And then you've got rock and roll come in. And I just feel like in the late fifties, you get in the early sixties as well, you get this kind of like the adaptation of the, of the kind of uh, orchestras all around the world, playing the music in, yeah, yeah. in clubs and, you know, halls and stuff. And they're like, ah, oh, we got to get a bit more. Do you know what I mean? We've got to get a I bit more. It's a very obvious thing. They both have in common. It's someone who's gone play it fast yeah um. <laughs> yeah yeah no so I'm, I'm a massive fan of that one and it's really nice to have like that's one i've only got in the last 10 years i think you know yeah for sure in the last 10 years and it was like hey this is great you know yeah it's really nice really nice uh my number two this one you'll be familiar with it is Peace on Earth, Little Drummer Boy by Bing Crosby, David Bowie. Whoa, number uh, two. 
Number two. Number two. Number two. Oh, yeah, number two. I'm afraid so. Um, and uh, it's an extraordinarily pretty song uh, that works on that. Like everything about it is one of those. It, it's from a Bing Crosby TV special. He's got an American TV special basically because he's the guy who did White Christmas. Um, the little intro to it where Bing Crosby and David Bowie do their little sketch between them is kind of silly. And it's almost like you, you, you're trying to work out what's this show like? And in your head, you go, this show is like Noel's house party. It's exactly like Noel's house party. It's Noel's house party. That's what you're watching. You're watching a weird prototype of Noel's house party. Noel Edmonds probably saw this in 1977 and was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to make notes about this. I'll do that. I'm going to do that. But instead of David Bowie, it's Mr. Blobby. (laughs) That's my dream. (laughs) That's it. So basically what you're watching is this kind of, what seems to be like a very terrible with the, with the kind of script, which feels like it's like, they often do it like award ceremonies, which has Mm. this very forced jovial thing where they've both learned these kind of quite lame jokes that they're passing back and forth. I think what's really interesting about that stuff is how, even though in in terms of the chronology of their lives, this is right at the end of Bing Crosby's life. Mm. He doesn't live to see this broadcast. He doesn't wow. live till Christmas. Um, uh, but he, so he's sort of done it all. And he's doing this thing with David Bowie, who's the kind of, young singer david bowie i think he's kind of doing it and probably is quite genuinely a fan of being crosby i suspect yeah but what's interesting in that era apart from the very early era of david bowie which people kind of dislike um anyway up until this point david bowie has been like the sort of super cool really pushing how kind of bleeding edgy is even mm. though he isn't but he's he is trying to be you know now when once he's made it he's trying to be mr bleeding edge and mm. to do this in 1977 which is at the time when he's doing all these kind of berlin albums so yeah. this is this is contemporary with with like heroes yeah and it's such a weird thing to do like later on if this came out in 1984 you'd go, sure, he might do this. Yeah. It's a really odd thing, a really bizarre show for David Bowie to do at that time, who at that time is almost like super cool and is very uh, protective over this image of being quite cool. Yeah. And does this thing which is quite, like, totally uncynical and really silly. Yeah. And lame yeah yeah except except there's something about that sketch that but i mean part of the the funny thing about that sketch is that it exists at all yeah and that and that the jokes are so bad that it it almost feels like it isn't this it isn't that it does a full circle it is still silly and ridiculous enough but it it could almost be have gone 360 and it's like and he's also not really winking at the camera and going i'm actually taking the piss it's sort of there's something he's really buying into it he's really kind of 
he's really going for it yeah he's at a it. time when even if you see interviews with him at that time you can't Pete, you can't get a straight answer out of him he's he's sort of so kind of arch hmm. and yet he does this sort of very mainstream super mainstream bit of isn't he quite heavily uh, like smacked up at that point as well well he will be yeah there will be a lot of substances probably running through his body yeah. but it actually just makes you think like a lot of this a lot of the kind of again which i always think about bowie is a lot of the mythology around him i'm not sure is necessarily true and that he might be much straighter around this time than mm. people mm. give him credit for and a lot of these kind of interviews where people go oh well he's out of his mind when he's doing that he's actually probably a bit like i'm sort of i play this i'm playing up to this yeah. a bit do you know my understanding of it is that it wasn't released as a single at the time it was just mm. on the tv show and then his yeah, just the and RCA show. released it in the eighties. Like my copy here says eighty two. Yeah, is that's that right? that's when it was released as as a record. Right. Uh, yeah, it didn't didn't come out at all. It was just on this TV special, which mm. was on. Um, it was shown over here. I don't think it was. Um, I think it's made by an American company, but it was shown over Christmas in seventy seven. Um, it's produced but, by the Konigsberg Company. I mean, it's just made for this TV show. Yeah. But what's great about it is when it starts, you know, like I, one of the things I do, I quite like uh, a Christmas carol. I'm not, I'm not particularly secular when it comes to Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. I like hearing it. And I really think there's something super pretty anyway about being Crosby doing Little Drummer Boy. And they were meant to both do it, but Bowie didn't want to do Little Drummer Boy and didn't think his voice would compliment him doing alongside Bing Crosby. So the kind of musical arranger, who's a guy called Ian Fraser, who's worked a lot with um, Anthony Newley, he, uh, they just wrote that on the day. They just wrote the Peace on Earth thing, which still feel like when I heard it, you go, oh, I guess that's just a really massive song that I don't know. But they wrote it in that afternoon as a sort of compliment for him to I sing no over. I had no idea of that. And, and it's, but the thing is, when, when, it's, when they both sing it together, as sort of silly and mainstream as all this sort of build up to it is, mm. the song itself is just incredibly pretty. Yeah, it and really just is. this sort of, and then suddenly this thing, which feels like it's kind of lame and quite cynical, suddenly rewrites itself into something very kind of sentimental and about, and does seem to be about like when, when Bowie's talking about um, his son and things, you sort of readdress it and go, Actually, I think it's all totally on on the level. I don't. I, I think what it is, it's it's what you think of this thing as being kind of lame and mainstream. What you're actually watching is something that's sincere, sincere <laughs> and, and really idealistic and earnest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, oh, it's not this sort of, and it's it's this thing where suddenly you can you can kind of re uh, recontextualize the past five minutes that you've been going. This is silly and mad and stupid. It's it sort of becomes yeah really sort of sincere and it's this thing where it's like oh no I think he does really like Bing Crosby I think he does really want to do this thing yeah. so he can do it and almost doing a sort of silly lame sketch is almost the payoff to get to sing with Bing Crosby which and get to do it you know a month before he dies or whatever mm. it's this sort of and then the whole thing is actually this really pretty sincere song i think yeah it's great it's great I'm, I'm totally with you on that totally with you on that 
my number two is from my favorite Christmas album. Um, and the song is Silent Night by the Rotary Connection. And uh, it, they play the song like three times through the record. It kind of is a kind of reprise. It comes back through. It uh, kicks off the record pretty much after an intro and then and it comes back in later. And the first, the longest track of it, the first track is like a classic um, Rotary Connection overproduced epic, like crescendoing sort of monster of a song. But it's Silent Night, the most flimsy of 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 traditional christmas carols you know but with charles stepney's ludicrous you know wall of sound and then minnie ripton's crazy high screaming it, it it it's it's really um i don't know it's a, it's a sort of exultory in a way it's not not like a classic kind of gospel record like kind of almost ecstatic you know mm. and so over the top and I think what's coming out a lot is I really like kind of over the top sentiment in in the Christmas song you know and and me too same so yeah I mean it's this 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 album's piece by by the Rotary Connection and um they only released about five records might even be four and one of them is a Christmas album you know and it is a hundred percent one of their good records like they have two records worse than this and maybe two records better than this but it sits like right in the middle of their catalog and it's really good music it's if you like rotary connection it's crazy soulful funk epicness with a daft kind of hippie vibe like the record cover's got it's called peace but it also says you know salam <laughs> pais pace shalom frieden you know, all these, it says peace in lots of different languages. It has a big kind of hippie Father Christmas on it. And, you know, it's got them on the back. It has them. They've hung up their, um, they've hung up their lame kind of hippie moccasin boots to be filled up by Santa. I mean, it's just, you know, they, they are kind of like a hippie trash band in a way, but with the most incredible production and incredible singing. It just, you know, I, I absolutely love the band. They're like the most 60s excess on the on the black music side and I, I think they're incredible and they made a whole daft christmas album and often i picked the tune i'd pick is a song called peace at least which is about how everyone should have peace at peace at least once a year but they say a peace at least once a year and it's kind of about smoking weed and it's about they nice. work out how christmas how father christmas flies is because he's high he's been smoking mistletoe and it's just like it's kind of hokey hippie rubbish from the late sixties, but like, it's, it's, it's just great as well. It's like musically so good that it's just fun. You know, it's just fun. These are all people who had like, you know, they're all kind of studio musicians and, you know, Charles Stepney's producing hit records for people and crazy records for people and, you know, jazz records and soul records. And then he's also like, I've got, I've got my band. We're just going to do the most overblown, over ambitious, high concept stuff including a christmas album and whereas a lot of these christmas records are absolutely like let's have a hit there's no way they thought they were going to have a hit with this record in fact yes yeah it does yeah cadet concept the label they were on which was a spin-off from chess records right it is a specifically kind of anti-hit label you know it's got fantastic music on it almost exclusively fantastic music on it but it the whole concept of it is it's like 
Yeah, is, you're right. Like it's not nasty, commercial. It's like it's it's like a, a non-commercial Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a wig out, <laughs> druggy, you know, over the top Christmas <laughs> album. So it's a kind of record that nobody wants. I mean, I remember when I started working in the record shop in 2005, I had a copy on the wall for like when I got there and it was still there like eight months later, just steadily getting discounted. And I was like, I really like the Rotary Connection and I like Christmas records. Why, why haven't I taken it down and listened to it? And I did. And I was like, this is amazing. And I bought it, but it was like, nobody wanted it. Whereas, you know, another yeah. Rotary Connection album, apart from maybe their first, but would just like fly off the shelves. You know what I mean? It would just sell when people are like, oh, it's a Christmas record. So the Rotary Connection fans, they don't want a Christmas record and Christmas record fans, they don't want a Rotary Connection album. So I think it's like a singularly uncommercial record, you know, it's didn't even sell to their own fans is the impression I got, but I, I love it. And uh, yeah, the silent night in three parts by the end just turns into a crazy electric guitar wig out in a kind of Hendrix style with them all just wailing and incoherent. And I was playing it uh, with my in-laws Christmas, Christmas lunch on uh, on Sunday <laughs> and they were kind of enjoying it when it was nice. And then by the end they were like, yeah, could, uh, could you take this off now? It's like, it's not, <laughs> not nice now. I was like, this is great. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely a record that outstays its welcome with, um, you know, I got a, relatives. a very high tolerance for, uh, christmas carols i like silent night i kind of hmm. I, I think maybe it's just that thing of um going to school going to primary school church of england primary school that you kind of do carols every year and i like i'm really fond of hearing them um and hearing them done well i i really like i, I do think there is something which uh you know i'm kind of a fan i can't do um carols from kings on tv that stuff where it's just like ah, I can't do it. No, I'm not like that. I like a carol in there in its in its essence. I tend to like them. Oh, yeah, I like it sung by untalented children, not by talented children. Do you yes, know I mean? yes, that's what I could do. That I was at my at my t- youngest daughter's Christmas Christmas show this morning, and they finished with uh, "Away in the Manger." It was very nice, very nice yeah. version, just right. Uh, you know, everything from Silent Night right down to little donkey i got a lot of time from yep no and uh it's good to cover a carol and you know soul rock orchestra it up rather than just to cover the uh the popular the popular music ones of the second half of the 20th century i think i quite like it when when carols are done as pop music as christmas records yep i quite like that in general it's a good uh I think it's a good way to go. I think it's a solid, a solid Christmas record you can do from doing a, a good version of a carol. Yeah, and Silent Night, the other version of that that's kind of credible, it get, it's now getting put onto credible compilations. Even though I don't think it's that good, but it's you know, Can the 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 German right. German legendary rock band Can did a version of Silent Night. I think early eighties with a lot with a heavy synth on it, but it's like it's fun. But it isn't actually very yeah. good. But because it's can, it now starts getting on compilations and stuff for the people exactly. who are like, I just want to, I just want to really, uh, you know, want a really credible, Christmas. really want a credible Christmas okay. song. And it's like that's a credible band, but that's actually not a very credible song, you know. But just, that's what I think most of those are. Yeah. I think that's where they, a lot of those fall down. Yeah. So you can people go, what's this rubbish? And you can go, no, it's can, you know. Why? Speaking of credible bands and music. Uh, my 
number one Christmas song is uh, uh, my Christmas card to you by the Partridge family. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. From, I would say, one of the worst Christmas albums <laughs> that I've got. <laughs> terrible, terrible record, except for my Christmas card to you, which opens the album. The rest of the album is basically covers of like Frosty the Snowman, real standards with no real effort put into any of them, kind of by the numbers Christmas record. Um, except my Christmas card to you, which is a kind of original where someone's like, you've gone, well, let's, let's have one. that's like a, a kind of original Christmas song. I think they just nail it. It's got, it's such a kind of proper um, holly jolly Christmas song. Um, it's David Cassidy, whose voice I actually quite like. I like Cassidy's voice and it's that sort of young, uh, teenage Cassidy and it sounds kind of it's got a really nice uh, quality to his voice at that age and it just plays so well it just throws everything at it it's almost like generic it feels like generic's the wrong word it's almost like like the ultimate Christmas song it's like yeah let's do like a Christmas song you know like a Christmas song and they've gone right and they kind of just nail this thing first time and it's sort of sentimental, but it really works. And it's really like, it's, I think it's a real, to me, it's one of those, whenever I hear it, it's like, I cannot believe this isn't an absolute tacked on classic. That is, it, this feels like this should be on all of those Christmas compilations. And it isn't, it's just forgotten because I think it's part of, you know, a, a sort of cynical tie in Christmas record from a TV show family who play instruments. And yet they do, they sort of absolutely nail what a Christmas pop record is. And it's such a like, and it, it's got a real build to it as well, where it's just like, I think it's almost like kind of punch the air kind of, I love it. It's such a kind of, I think it's a real takes up the height. It's all jingle bells. It feels like, you know, in comparison to like the big kind of Christmas pop records, it just feels like it's so much better than them. <laughs> and yet it's like, it doesn't feel like, it's like this should be on all these. Like it's got um, all the big silly ones. It's like, this is better. This is like a, a better version of what you've all tried to do. And, and it's probably like, it was probably written in 30 minutes and, it's just that kind of yeah you know like a christmas record and it's like yeah but what they do is great it's a I, I love it that's my that's my number one like as soon as i heard it i was like bang oh, i love it and it was that thing where like it appealed to me as a record oh yeah the partridge family tv tie-in christmas record and when it starts you go this is amazing i'm gonna love this so much it gets to the end of that track the rest of it's trash yeah. pure trash terrible terrible but that first bit on it my christmas card to you is a really great christmas record i think with everything uh everything everything in the kitchen sink thrown at it and i think i think it's a real um it earns points by how undervalued it is i think in the canon of christmas record it could stand up against anything i think it's real like yeah it's great it's proper 
huge, huge Christmas record, I think. No, it, it is great. I've, I've got the LP here. And um, not only is it, yeah, you said it's not a good record, but like they, you know, here is the Christmas card to you. It comes off the front of the LP. It's like, you know, in a little die cut slip thing. And then you open the envelope and there's a real card in there that's like, you know, Merry Christmas, Christmas from the Partridge family with all their fake, fake. Uh... It's nicely, it's nicely reproduced. Actually. It does look a bit like a family Christmas card. It's a good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's got the, the whole family, the little Suzanne Croft, Brian Forster. Yeah. Really, really sweet. That's a nice, that's a nice thing for an album as well to have the, uh, actual christmas card free gift free gift christmas card on the front of the lp and i think it's the only album i have with a little slot a slot for something to go in on the front that's pretty special now it is a really good christmas song and i think you're right i think it should be it should be kind of ubiquitous because it's 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 yeah it's, it's great and the stuff that what kind of pains me when you when you're out and about Christmas shopping or whatever, and you're hearing what's it getting included and people are just including, this is a rant, but people are including stuff because of the artist that it is like, you don't think step into Christmas is a good song. I don't believe you. If you like Elton John, <laughs> that's not what you like. So why do you like that? You know what I mean? I don't believe you like, thank God it's Christmas. You just like queen, you know, Yeah. You sure as hell. I'm like that Eagles one. And I have heard that this year and that's getting terrible. Yeah. I think that's it. I think some people, it is you've got to judge it i think some people have got good christmas records and some people don't like it's like um merry christmas everyone is the best shaking stevens record oh yeah 100 percent. but like it's it's um but he's not he's not a, a great artist but like i could hear that yeah. i'm happy to hear that but that, that's that's what i mean that's that's what's lost between so those 50s and early 60s ones yeah when it's a when it's someone that is a big artist has a hit christmas hit great that stays in the canon right you know but mm. also brenda lee isn't a huge star now do you know what i mean yeah but we still keep rocking around the christmas tree going you know and there's there's that kind of thing those are people that aren't you know you don't have to keep your career career credibility up to get in the in the compilation still but for the later stuff 70s and certainly 80s it's like oh let's just put in the the famous artists, the credible artists, and mm. it's like I'm not really calling it on John a credible artist here, but you know, famous, popular, whatever. But but it's also that they're doing. Uh, it's that. It's like, do they have a Christmas record? They do. Oh right, yeah. So we'll put this on this compilation. Yeah. And it's like you you wouldn't know about that record. That's not a big record. It's not like by all means, you know, like it's that you don't know you don't know other songs by Wizard. You don't. It's like, it's like, unless you're a wizard fan, you don't really do know you though. Stuff. Do you? I bet you do. No, not really. No? Okay. Like, I, I, do you know what? I know, I know one or two, okay. but not, <laughs> not many. And yeah, I, I, I know more songs by the move. I don't know how much of the move became wizard or all right, all right, don't show off or whatever, but like, you know, but like it's, uh, but you have like, that's what, and that's legitimately a big, big Christmas record yep. that's earned its place on uh, the canon of big Christmas record. Like you said, when they've got those um, compilations in their kind of almost pre CD era or whatever, mm. when you only had 12 slots to fill, it wasn't any of those things. You know, when, when you're doing big Christmas compilations in the eighties, you only had a certain number of slots. You could put those things in. Yeah. And there's so many now that are put in 
that are um that yeah it's like like you say like oh is there a queen christmas record yeah there yeah, is. yeah because nowadays yeah. we're talking about a spotify playlist there's no limit on how yeah. long that can be so do you know what i mean yeah. it can literally be just like who's all the artists i've heard of here's their christmas yeah. songs or something yeah and there's lots of that there's lots of like um kind of artists i like that have done christmas stuff that's just rubbish just rubbish totally. i don't really like i don't like um any of the beach boys christmas stuff don't just not don't just, like little saint nick i like little saint nick no nah, i'm not bothered no, I like that. i'm just not bothered by it but just there's so much of it where i like the people that have done it but i don't really like the this I, I think there's something as well you got to not that not that little saint nick's an example of this but there's something often where it's just like it really feels like tossed out and like mm. doesn't matter and and you don't christmas records don't even need to be it's just that some work and some don't yeah <laughs> works just works but it's not like like i think like a uh, merry christmas everyone i think works i think it's silly i think it's silly yeah, as i think it's a proper but it's a proper like well, you, i think it's welcome it's, it's fine welcome for it to be silly because half of the things you're going to play at is like kids parties you know what i mean like, exactly that's, that's yeah yeah i want to do my number one Oh yeah. What's your number one? My number one is Carol of the Bells, the classic, specifically by Percy Faith or the Percy Faith Orchestra from 1965. Carol of the Bells is uh, composed by a Ukrainian composer, Mikola Leontovich in 1914. Okay. And then there are American lyrics by Peter Wilhowski. Uh, mid-century i think um and it's, it's based on a ukrainian folk chart called shedrick you know you pronounce it for yourselves because i'm i'm not good at my ukrainian pronunciation but like i don't favor the vocal version i'll take it yeah like most people know the version that's in home alone which is arranged by john williams the great john williams and that's a choral version and although you think of it as quite high drama Actually, when you go back to that version, it's relatively pastoral. There's nothing too crazy going on there. Percy Faith's version of Carol of the Bells is like Mars. Do you know what I mean? It's like one of the most dramatic pieces of music ever written. Uh, it's just ludicrously over the top. And I like that in a Christmas song. I love that. I thought it was terrific. I'd never heard that. I don't know Percy Faith. I don't know his orchestra. It's a cheesy listening kind of, uh, you know, orchestra from the from the 50s and 60s. And, and this has no business being that sort of frantic. No. It's it's like it's like it to me, it's like it's like Handel's Messiah or something. But like, yeah, on 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 uppers, you know, it's like, well, I would say Carol of the Bell when I was talking about Christmas carols and things, I almost wanted to like, in my head, I was like, Oh yeah, of course, Carol of the Bells, sometimes known as Christmas Bells. Like I love that as a it's carol. Incredible I think that's tune. a hard one to mess up, I think. Yeah. I think it's a real like you go, yes. Like if ever there's like a kind of that does feel like Yeah, this is a tune. Come on. You've you've yeah. nailed it at the uh, at the carol service. Yeah, I mean this I'll is, take I'll take I'll one. take anyone. I'll take any version, but that version to me is like, oh my god. Like yeah. it's like Christmas disaster movie. Yeah, music. You know, it's it's not even necessarily happy. 
it's just like extreme emotion. It's not even that's not even a Christmas emotion. I'd say it's the if it captures anything, it captures the feeling of opening a present that you've been anticipating. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you're really religious, maybe it captures the feeling of thinking about a baby being born two thousand years ago. But for me, it's like just like a really Christmassy, bell heavy, like absolute epic. It's a bit yeah, it feels like a massive movie. Like it feels like if that's the if that's the sound of it's a it's a movie that's got a um that's kind of got a lot of balls and is going like you're going to enjoy this yeah like it's, it's, it's like, starting with with a lot of ambition that you're going to go can you live up to this oh, I think that's bit, true it's the movie. opening credit music for a film that really confident about it's going to yeah. deliver it's like like <laughs> it's like you know the, the Western Big Country yeah yeah has one of the most incredibly bombastic opening music it's a good film but i don't mm. think it does live up actually to the yeah. incredible opening and it's like yeah it's very much like that that's yeah i absolutely love it and and i was i wouldn't have said before that it was my favorite christmas song in fact there's ones that don't make my top five that i would i sort of thought were my favorites but today i was like no because i know because in the last week or two i've been playing them with the kids and playing christmas songs i've been like these are the ones and Carol of the Bells, I played another version, not as good, but while we were hanging the hanging the Christmas decorations and stuff, and I was like, oh, I feel so Christmassy right now. This is great, you know? Well, as as like again, it's one of the this is one of those uh list offs where it's been really based on because there's so many that I could go for. Yeah. And this and I I even feel like this top five, certainly some of the placings in the top five could shift around and other things could pop in and pop out. Yeah. But it does feel like uh, top five Christmas songs. It was almost like the best way to get five is to go, what are the ones you're thinking of right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that. I think because we could have done top five Christmas albums, but it's a very different list because, like you said, your favorite mm. Christmas song is not from a good album you know no, and like and my favorite christmas <laughs> albums don't really have the standout cuts like i i think you can make a relatively strong case that the phil Spector christmas album yeah. is just the best it's just yeah. phenomenal and every song of it is a banger and yeah. every song of it gets played every yeah. year everywhere if i had to pick one i'd probably pick sleigh ride by the ronettes but, that's exactly what I would have picked. Sweet, so my, but 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 it, my, uh, but they're all winners. Head. They're all winners. But that still doesn't make my top five. It's in you know, it's just a great album. The the Vince Guaraldi Charlie Brown Christmas album is phenomenal. Skating is my favorite song off it, right? But yeah. it's not making my top five. But I will play them as whole albums. You know, me too. I think that's it. That's you've nailed it because they're both the ones that I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have. And then when you listen to it, it was like. Well, it's all great. It's all great. Right. Exactly. It's not like it doesn't feel like, but you're right. If they like the, what I had down was uh, Slay Ride by the Renettes, it's like that I think is got something, something that's a bit more magic than the other ones have. Yeah. But I do think, um, yeah, is it such a a big album that's, that absolutely deserves its place? Yeah. And it, it is one of those ones that as soon as it starts, you go. And that's, that's one which is good, well made, great Christmas record. It yeah. ticks all the boxes. Yeah. It's kind of like technically, it probably is the best Christmas album. Yeah, I think if you but want to just if, on a if, you, if you pretended that you could be objective about music, you could say it's objectively yeah. the best. But I think yeah. that's fair. And I think the Vince Guaraldi Charlie Brown Christmas album is probably the best instrumental popular yeah, yeah. Christmas album. I think it's phenomenal. But I got some other honorable mentions. One I one I had on my list and then had to drop off because 
is the Sonics Don't Believe in Christmas, which is a, a kind of anti-Christmas record, except the lyrics make it absolutely clear that they're banging to Christmas and they really <laughs> sentimental about it, you know, because it's all about like all the nice things of Christmas, but then Santa didn't come, whatever, so I don't believe in it. And it's like, it's such a funny bit of the kind of serious, not serious, not taking themselves that seriously posturing of the kind of garage rock and then punk mm -hmm. kind of world, you know, that it's like, yeah, we don't believe in Christmas, but it's also like, you know, yeah, but oh, we like Christmas, you know? <laughs> um, I think that's a great one. Um, one that very nearly made my list, and I cynically didn't include it because I thought you would, mm. was one that you introduced me to, which is the emotions. What do the lonely do at Christmas? Which is great. It's yeah, really that is, and that's quite unusual one because it's a, it's a soul song, but it's like early seventies, I think, and it's yeah. it's 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 kind of sentimental but it's got quite it's got really heartfelt lead vocal it's really yeah. like oof um so it's it's like a kind of weepy one but it's very nicely produced incredibly slow so yeah. it's you know it's a, it's a real killer at a christmas party but i think it's that's a great song and yeah on the kind of la era stacks records so sort of not not a glorious era era although the emotions had good songs in but like you know it's not it's not the classic stacks era yeah. but there's the and it is it's a real it is a real killer of a kind of i really but i do like those kind of break up um sad christmas uh records i think it's i mean it's not they're not fun but there is something about them where you go oh they're real yeah. kind of yeah, I, lo I love that one. That's one um, I was kind of hoping that you might put in. But no, yeah, I did consider I, it. I did consider it. Um, it's interesting when you talk about that, just to think about other Stax ones and Motown, it's like the, the two great, to me, sort of soul labels. They didn't, I don't think, they got Christmas songs, but I don't think they ever hit the heights. My favourite Stax one is probably uh, Gee Whiz, It's Christmas by Carla Thomas, which is just a Christmasification of a hit gee whiz you know i saw him or whatever you know like that um but that's a nice one and then they've got you know like oates redding's version of white christmas it just sounds like what you imagine oates redding doing white christmas would sound like and no better than that hmm. you know and all the motown i mean there's countless motown christmas records you know and i don't know i think probably only only uh jackson five frosty the snowman probably is is exceptional i think from them yeah you know i mean like, there's a smoky robinson the miracles christmas album it's dull you know i love i love smoky i love that band but it's it's not it's I not think that's good. exactly what it is it's often people going can you do this yeah yeah but you're talking about two days in the studio to get a whole other yeah. album of sales and you got some guaranteed sales you've already had two albums out that year you know at that point it's yeah not not necessary i didn't have any rap songs on my top five apologies for that rap fans um but if i had one it would be let the jingle bells rock by sweet tea from the uh what's it i think it's just i think the album's called christmas rapping um pro christmas rap is called um which is like a profile records compilation where they got all their all their artists in the late 80s to record a christmas song right i think after the success of the run dmc Christmas in Hollis. So it's like, you know, it's got King Sun, D Moet, Sweet Tea, Spider D, but it's got British acts like Derek B and, uh, and, uh, 
NAF gimmick acts like the Surf MCs. So they really were running out of people. They didn't have a very big roster then. It was not like the Motown Christmas album, the, the Profile Records one. But yeah, Sweet Tea was a great, she's famous for It's My Beat, but she, she's not had a huge career at all. And But she was absolutely top, top, top rapper, female rapper in the late 80s. And, and uh, yeah, her song Let the Jingle Bells Rock is, is like the, the musically, it's just Rocket in My Pocket by Sarone, slowed down. Uh, and it's just a cool hip hop track, but the lyrics are really like, you know, it starts out snow on my window pane, eating candy canes. And it goes on like that. It's just like a hundred percent Christmas cliche stuff. <laughs> it's really nicely done. And it's way better than all the other pretty crappy Christmas rap records. Um, so yeah, that, that one would be up there. And similarly representing a whole genre, uh, walking in the air by x project 1992 which i think i've played <laughs> you at a party which is a absolutely ridiculous jungle remix of walking in the air from the snowman and yeah, from 1992 it, and it's it, it x project is actually rebel mc then later known as congo natty around that time it was known as congo natty you know absolutely super earnest junglist drummer bass producer and Earlier uh, yeah, rapper and you know Rastafarian serious guy walking in the air jungle well, and and it's great. There's a there's a walking in the air cover that features at the end of uh, the 1980s Michael Mann film The Keep that seemingly has no idea of its origin by Tangerine Dream to uh, a cover of Walking in the Air. And it's so bizarre. It would have been like a year after it came out. And just the the end credits of the film The Keep is a Tangerine Dream cover of Walking in the Air. That when the film ends, you just go, how has this even come about? Like, what's, what are the circumstances that Tangerine Dream went, yeah, let's do a cover of Walking in the Air and put it on the end of like, essentially a horror film about some Nazis. It's like weird. It's got no, it's not Christmassy. And yet at the end of it, you're kind of going, walking in the air. It's walking in the air, right? And I, I always wait and go, do you know what? It's probably not, because it's Tangerine Dream, they're messing about with it. You go, does it have, does it have a vocal? At the end, it pops up and you go, yep, yep. It's no, it's just instrumental. In the air. It's instrumental. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an instrumental. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But just one of those weird, like, I mean, there's probably more, uh, covers of walking in the air than you think there are <laughs> i've got i've got at least three rave versions so like, i've got two jungle versions and a kind of pop rave version um yeah i can't say no to them um uh i would say on my honorable mentions is nat king cole's the christmas song which feels like the kind of ultimate kind of warm soup and a blanket christmas song yeah i think there is there's a proper like there is something where that just opens with chestnuts roasting on open fire and you immediately go, it's Christmas guys. But that, that, that particular recording, right? That came on when I was in the shop the other day and I was like, it's been covered. It's quite, quite a straight song. He sings it quite mm. straight. There's it's the, it's the go-to song to cover. If you're a straight kind of singer, right? Mm. If you're going to cover a Christmas song and you're just a singer singer, you're going to cover that because you don't have to do anything with it. You don't have to be silly. You just, it's even just it, called right? the Christmas song. It's called the Christmas song, right? And you can put whatever, you know, bells and whistles on it that you want, but it's a straight start, right? And, but they're all rubbish compared to that because yeah, the, I swear the, the, the vocal recording 
the quality of the voice, the sound of his voice on that is like better than anything. It's yeah. incredible how well his vocal is recorded on that. And you like it was in the shop where they're playing like something rubbish, like a, you know, a, 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 a you know a rubbish Christmas song. And then the next song comes that, and it's like it's like God is talking. He's like shouting down through the top of the building or something. You're like Jesus, that's a vocal that cuts through. You know, probably caught call, recorded in what was that recorded fifty two oh, or something? It's from like 61, 61. 61, Okay, yeah, yeah it's quite incredible a recording there. Oof. So yeah, that's pretty good. We got we should talk Beatles as well because you know we're Beatles fans yeah. and um, uh, all the Beatles except George I think recorded Christmas songs solo and they put out Christmas records for the fan club while they were together but they're not really songs. It's mostly this them pissing about. Yeah. But um, where if you had to, I, I mean Ringo, let's ignore Ringo because I think he has I think he has more than one Christmas song and they're bad like all his songs uh, solo, but like where, 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 where would you stand in the battle of Merry Christmas war is over and wonderful Christmas time? Oh, I think I'd have wonderful Christmas time over Merry Christmas war is over. I think Merry Christmas war is over is, is kind of like a dirge and it sort of has too much of a kind of wanting to be like, it's like, give it up, John. Like it's like, it's, it's a Christmas record. Do it or don't do it. Uh, mind you, it's like I don't hate it, but I think it's kind of like a dirge. I don't, but I don't love simply having a wonderful Christmas time either. Uh, but I think it, I think it ties in with like he's gone for it at least and gone. Sure, I'll do it. I'll do a Christmas record. I'll do a really silly one um, with with a, a children's choir and everything. Um, that you know he's he's gone for it but what like that that isn't like i said it's it's it that isn't as good as uh shaking stevens but like it's, no. it's 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 but it's it's at least in the kind of in the canon i think of of that sort of silly cash in christmas record yeah and it's I, perfectly acceptable in that in that regard i think when 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 uh wonderful christmas time comes on because that sort of synth whatever it is at the beginning yeah. dum, 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 i think that's incredible i, like that. I love that, I like that so as soon as it comes on i'm like love it christmasy and i love it right then the vocal comes in and i'm like and i remember that i don't like solo <laughs> paul mccartney right? just straight i don't like solo paul mccartney because of the vocals like he still makes incredible music right Probably still does to this day, you know, I'm not checking it out because I don't like his vocals on his own. Basically, I don't like his vocals on his own on Beatles records for the most part, you know? So yeah, it doesn't work for me, but like, whereas, whereas it's the thing, I do like John's vocal on Merry Christmas War Is Over, which I don't think is a good song, but I like his So This Is Christmas. That's good, Yeah, you know? And it goes up for the, it's good. It's good vocal, but the song is crap. So yeah, it's like that again, Imagine what a seventies Beatles Christmas song would have been like. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like a seventies yeah. version of "All You Need Is Love," but all you need is Christmas or something. You know? Yeah. A cynical, I mean, quick, yeah, dashed off the, the, Christmas they song. They probably. I don't think either's great. I don't mind. Like, yeah, but it's. I don't mind either. But I feel like Paul's one has probably got the edge for just being like in the in the world of 
sort of silly and and in that way it feels like an 80s christmas record it yeah. feels of its era and a kind of yeah like like these you know it's like and i think in a way that is paul doing his kind of writing to order in a way that's that is a part of songwriting do you know what i mean yeah where it's like he's gone oh what's a christmas record in the current era and he's listened to some and gone yeah, I can do one like that. I'll and do, it's a couple I'll of years before. It's like a stepping stone to the Frog Chorus, which is obviously the yeah. moment that all of his career was leading up to. The Frog <laughs> Chorus with Rupert the Bear. Um, would you accept My Sweet Lord by George Harrison as a Christmas song? No. Uh, well, I I don't think of it as, but if it is, that's the better one. That's, that's, uh, I just mean, I, so I've been thinking about this and I think you can play it in a Christmas set. Yeah, I think you probably could. And yeah. I think if you, if there was a campaign to just start playing it at Christmas, it would take about three years and then it would just be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's in there. That's yeah. in the canon now. I it could, it could that. easily be integrated into the Christmas canon. I think. Yeah. Hmm. You mentioned Donny Hathaway's This Christmas. That's that's a real high bar, I think, for uh, Christmas records. And yet, as you say now, it feels like it's it's in the canon and you'll hear it. You'll oh, hear it's it been covered by everyone recently as well. It's like, yeah. I don't know, Chris Brown, Destiny's Child, you know, Girls Aloud. I think, you know, like everywhere, everyone's got a cover of, of This Christmas. I did just pick the record that's behind me. Ah, yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about worse. We have to talk a little bit about worse Christmas records because there's quite some to choose from. Um, but one that one that wasn't a hit, and so most people sadly will not know, is uh, "Old Fashioned Christmas" by Anne Charleston and Ian Smith, hmm. uh, better known as Imagine Harold, Harold Bishop. Imagine Harold Bishop from Neighbours, and. Uh, if you imagine, here's them recording in the studio. If you're if you're watching at home, here's them recording. And uh, if you imagine how bad that would be, bear in mind that she had completely destroyed her voice box from smoking, I assume, by that point. <laughs> and he's uh, Harold Bishop. If you imagine how bad it would be, it's quite a bit worse than that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's um, the thing is, try not to be cynical about it as a concept that that would have come out at the time a lot of those neighbors stars or recording records you might have gone oh, i guess these two are actors maybe they're from like maybe in australia they've done like musicals and stuff so maybe there's like you would imagine that that these two people would have something approaching a singing voice right and when you hear it it's like why did you even put it out it's just it's crazy they're, yeah. they're the two least kind of, um, they're two kind of tone deaf singers trying to do a Christmas record. It's quite extraordinary, really, that there is like, that it's it's quite extraordinary that they still put it out. I guess it, it, it sort of feels there's no, there's no, like some, some people just can't sing. That's it's fine. not a charity record. <laughs> it's the kind of record, I've just flipped it over to check what charity it was for. No charity. <laughs> uh, it was for Jive Records, and I think Jive already had Kylie and Jason. Uh, <laughs> so I maybe they were just like, let's just keep signing people from Neighbours, you know? Yeah. And they passed over Guy Pierce and went straight for Imagine Harold. 
I don't know. But it's well it is, up there it is as a worst. It's pretty awful, but it's, it's kind of it's almost interesting as a artifact, though, for that reason. Yep. I think, like, wow, I, I don't think you've heard two people on a record sing as badly that have been given a recording contract. It's it's definitely up there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. as duets go one of the worst i uh my least favorite christmas song of all time is definitely santa baby any version of it <laughs> even the eartha kit original hit any version is gross and disgusting over sexy <laughs> christmas song get it out of my christmas yuck get out now, what ones do i really know like one i know that one i think you're a bit more cynical of and i would be usual but i know you've said you're surprised I like it. I like Backdoor Santa by Clarence Carter, but I think do you find it a bit too like, nah, it's too it's too dirty for a Christmas uh, I don't record. think it's too dirty. I just don't think it's that good of a song. I think it's a bit Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that bothered about it. I think there's a Clarence Carter Christmas song I like more, but without piling through two boxes of records, I'm not gonna be able to tell you what that is. Um I don't like uh Christmas rapping by the waitresses. And that um that has gone down as like a real credible one, mm. which I find a bit annoying because I find it it's quite annoying to me. It's quite a grating <laughs> song. Um, not a fan. Yeah. There's some that there's some that are like it's difficult with that kind of the sort of big Christmas records, the sort of massive, uh, proper top 10 biggest Christmas records that I'm like, and a lot of them I think are totally fine. And a lot of them I think are good. I've never really liked last Christmas. I, I kind of am a bit like, and there should be enough about that where it's sort of silly enough and fun enough that I give it a pass, but it's never been one when it comes on. I'm always a bit like, nah, last Christmas. Nah. I like, I like last Christmas. I'll stick up for that. I, I like it because I, I was I saw the the Guardian newspaper does these dumbass uh the best thirty songs by a big artist and I I can't they're like proper clickbait for me I see them on my phone and I click on them and I always find them annoying even if even if I don't care about the band and this was like the top thirty songs by George Michael and I was like I don't care like my favorite George Michael song is Careless Whisper and I could lose the rest like don't care yeah <laughs> like I just really don't no offense it's fine I like the guy yeah good yeah me too sort of north london the sort of guy i like him um i went out of a go he claimed to be his cousin when i was about 12 but then almost every uh cypriot girl in north london claimed to be his cousin yeah uh, I imagine. but yeah it had this thing and it had like last christmas at like 28 out of 30 and i was like get out of town that's it had wake me up before you go go at like 29 i was like these are the good ones you're nuts you like like his you like like his earnest singer songwriter stuff. Get out of town. So yeah, I know last Christmas I like. How, where do you stand uh, on Mariah Carey? Well, I always thought that that was a song that went away. I always thought it was interesting that it came back. Like that was uh, that was a song that was like Christmas. I think it was wasn't it number two the year. Stay another day got to number one. I think, and I for me that was one of those records that came went. And now it's back again, and it's absolutely probably the number one Christmas record right oh, now. Oh, it is. It's the biggest. It's the biggest. The biggest. Yeah. And so it always, to me, feels like, like, it, to me, it, it's always weird that it came back. Um, but I feel like 
again time will will make it like so much of this stuff like like now i'm always really happy to hear band-aid always really happy to hear it mad silly i don't but i'm always happy to hear it life, really band-aid 2 i ride for over the original <laughs> no, I know imagine, you're a fan. imagine I know harold are probably on band-aid 2 um, <laughs> that's about the level um i like mariah carey's all of course is you because i got given the single uh, yeah. by uh aforementioned uh supposed cousin of uh george michael michelle michaels oh, nice she was she was you know she she'd anglicized her name differently um but uh yeah and she uh she'd written on the uh the card you know the you know the ones that just came in a card because that single that just came in a card card wraparound bit and she'd written on it like i didn't know what to get you so just listen to the song and you know it's because it all well, i want of course it was it was very cute That's but sweet. i'd already said to her at the time that i didn't like the song but after she bought it so she felt really bad about it and she was like i know you don't like it and i was like no no i do i just because i'm like a you know 12 year old boy i have to say i don't like it yeah it's good i like it she's like no, so you don't have to say that no it's fine it was an awkward moment but yeah um at the uh uh slade merry christmas everybody is one that's really grown on me really enjoy hearing that now um again when i was a kid i wasn't i didn't like it now it's really grown on me really enjoy it um one i like actually that i don't i don't know how big it is i really like the tom petty christmas song um christmas all over again a lot of time for that mainly i, I like I, don't the even think I know that um i hope you have a good one i hope your mama gets her shopping done i always like that as a, as a pleases me um i should also give a shout out to two of my weirder christmas records that i play every year oh yeah um jingle bells by the singing dogs uh oh yeah which is like some dogs singing jingle bells but they're not really dogs i think they're they're pitched up and down in a studio to recreate it so it sounds very am bad. i right in thinking where so it is dogs barking yeah. which the found and gone yeah we can cover that note with that sound of dog barking yeah some are I, pitched up and down yeah but aren't still some of them like that's a bum note like oh it yeah that's They're not, not in it. tune yeah no. yeah and it's very basic but it's quite good seeing dogs uh jingle bells and then little cindy's happy birthday jesus which is um a little girl <laughs> she's not really singing she's just saying over some twinkly music you know happy birthday jesus you look after me and my mom and i'm really sorry you had to die for my sins and, you know and it's like you didn't have to die for your sins you're like six years old jesus i mean yeah jesus but um yeah it's a pretty great bit of sort of southern hick uh christmas record it's really heavy yeah sorry you had to die on that cross it's like that <laughs> that's easter that's Easter. Come on. She's doing the whole story, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, I've enjoyed this. It's made me uh, feel quite Christmassy. And uh, and I feel like I've been introduced to some really good ones. Uh, really liked, particularly Percy Faith, I think. Is, yeah. Uh, love that. I've, I think everyone loves Carol the Bells, whether they know it or not. And, oh, that, yeah, yeah. and that that is like the ultimate version. 
yeah, but yeah. if you've got a better version of Carry the Bells, hit me up because I'm I'm always ready for an upgrade. You're all ears. Yeah. All ears. Yeah. Um thank you for listening. Happy Christmas to you all. Um uh let us know what your favourite Christmas songs are. Yes, please. Uh, I'd be interested to see what people are really into Christmas song wise and if they do have favourites. Um and yeah, if it's one that you think we might not know, maybe find a link or something and we can yeah. listen back. I'm always, I'm always after more. Yeah, me yeah. too, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. I made, I was supposed oh. to make a Christmas playlist for my kids' Christmas fair on Saturday and they were like, it's only three hours, so, you know, we can play it a couple of times over. And I was like, what are we talking about? Like I made like a, I made, I made my initial one was like six hours or something. It's like, okay, I'll pick some things off. Yeah. Um, have uh, a great yeah, Christmas. Uh, have a great Christmas. List off, list off, listeners. Thanks for view, hanging list with off us. Viewers as well. Viewers, yeah, the viewers. Poor old uh, viewers. We we should say as well. We should point out that if you are a viewer, we have like like a couple of. Uh, fellas who work in offices me and ozzy have got like christmas tops on uh yep we have for the benefit of we have uh people listening um thank you very much for listening over the past 2021 and we'll be back in 2022 with more list-offs including more christmas list-offs that we might save till next Christmas. We might <laughs> yeah. even do them in July or something. Um, yeah, we actually recorded as our pilot thing. episode and yeah, then threw did. away because yeah. it was amateurish, uh, am- even more amateurish. We recorded yeah. our top five quality streets and yeah. it was good actually. But it I think in bad. hindsight it was good. And I think, I think, so, I think by we really next nailed Christmas, it. Next Christmas we'll have forgotten what we said. So we can do it again. Yeah, yeah I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, happy Christmas. Thank you for listening. Um, please like and subscribe and retweet and do all those things. If you're, if you're feeling Christmassy and festive. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And a happy new year. A happy new year to you. Goodbye. Bye.